Brilliant. What a um, great way to hear that story um, told through uh, many voices. So before I uh, speak, let's pray. God, what an extraordinary day this is. What an incredible thing that you did for us. And my words could never do justice to your resurrection. I pray that you would use them this evening to stir our hearts that we might follow you more closely this week and that we might love you more deeply. Amen. Well, I wonder if you managed to catch any of the Six Nations over February and March last month. Um, England didn't have the best run of games, did they? But there was some thrilling rugby in there. If you'd switch the TV off at 70 minutes to go, England versus Wales, well, it would have been a completely different match. It was painstakingly close. And even with six minutes to go, it was right down to the wire until Mara Toje stole the ball, powered through the French defence to steal that final try and clinch the victory for England just minutes from full time. It was nail-biting stuff. And you wouldn't have wanted to switch off early. You wouldn't have wanted to miss the ending. And if we thought that that was enough in the rugby world, uh, just one week later, as if they were a little bit scarred from the week before, France did the very same thing against Wales. But this time coming from behind, down 27-30, into extra time, they launched one final attack down the right channel, just when Wales were sitting back, comfortable that they had this solid defence. France whipped the ball out to the left channel, through their backs, one, two, three, a beautiful looping pass then to Doolan on the left channel, who took it over the try line to win 32-30. From behind, in extra time. That's why you watch rugby. So good. You wouldn't have wanted to switch off early. You wouldn't have wanted to miss the ending. My rugby coach in Bristol, Howard, who also was our tutor in mission, it was funny mix, (laughs) used to tell us, the try line beckons like the Lord Jesus. And we'd say, what? (laughs) He'd also say things like, I'm never going to give you a first again. But that, yeah, that was, again, that was very mixed up. But I'm sure that Jesus is beckoning us today not to switch off at Good Friday. Don't switch off from the Easter story early Don't miss the ending. So this evening, to make sure you don't switch off before my ending, I need a little bit of audience participation. I think this is a thing that originates with Tony Campolo, uh, but forgive me if you've heard it before, it'll keep you on your toes. When I say that was Friday, please reply, but Sunday was coming. So we'll do a little uh, rehearsal now. That was Friday. I mean, you sound like you're here, but I'm not. Okay, next. I'm sure when I do it, you'll you'll really bring the enthusiasm, so that's fine.
Isn't it true, though, that on Good Friday, it looks like the end of the story, that all the hopes and the excitement and the wonder of following Jesus had ended in fear, in loneliness and in disappointment. All the zeal and the confidence and the momentum of Palm Sunday and entering into Jerusalem had ended in weakness and betrayal and torture. All the authority, all the miracles, all the promises ended in silence and tears and darkness. Jesus, the miracle worker, the healer, the teacher, the revolutionary, the friend, the son of God, was crucified on a hill outside of the city walls between two criminals, traded for a murderer, Barabbas, tried and beaten and nailed to a cross, left in darkness to die. What a shame. It would have been easy to switch off then, wouldn't it? Perhaps it is. It's easy to hear more bad news. After all, what have we just been through this year? A year of bad news, of bad statistics, of disappointment, of loneliness and of fear. That was Friday. Okay, cool. You're there. Great. (laughs) Throughout lockdown, um, Joe and I have been watching the Marvel film series um, and we've been watching them all in the right order. So the kind of Captain America, Black, this isn't in the right order. Ant-Man, Thor, about a billion Iron Mans, which personally I think are really boring. Um, The Avengers. And uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole narrative there that I won't get into or, or ruin the ending of. Um, but I have learnt at least one thing from watching the Marvel film series, Joe will be pleased to know. That what you think is the ending is actually just not the ending at all. You think that you've got to the end of the film. And to be honest, the films are quite long. So it's been about two hours. I have been known to just drop off a little bit um, in the middle. There was one Captain America where we'd watched it about three times. And I think I fell asleep in the same place every time. It was, it was bad. It was bad. No, even when the credits roll at the end of the film, it's not the end of the story. After all of the lists of the makeup artists and the people who ran the lights, there's one more scene. On the end of every film, there's an extension to the ending. And quite often the extended ending is a link to the wider Marvel series, to the wider narrative of how this hero or this story is going to fit into the Avengers narrative. And it's crucial watching. If you get up and walk away uh, when the credits roll, the next film all kind of makes sense, but kind of not. It's crucial that as you watch all of these films in order, you must not miss the end. So that was Friday. Okay, it's kind of dropping off, isn't it? But you're hanging on there, it's fine. And Sunday was coming, wasn't it? Friday, Good Friday was not the end. Jesus' death was not the end. On the third day, early in the morning, Jesus rose again. Death could not hold him. The weight of sin could not overwhelm him. 
Jesus rose. He defeated the power of sin and death. God destroyed its power. And Jesus takes the full weight of our sin, our unconscious wandering from him, our deliberate choices against him, our helplessness. He takes that on himself on the cross and it dies with him. Not because he's just a man, but because he is God incarnate, both fully man and fully human, both fully God and fully human. He trades places with us and he gives himself as a sacrifice. That was Friday, but Sunday was coming. Yes. Jesus' resurrection is the unexpected ending that we've been waiting for, that we've been hanging on for. His resurrection seals the end and claims the victory that nothing is as strong as our God as that first song played over us. Nothing and no one can hold him. Nothing can stand in the way of his love for us. And what looks like disappointment and sorrow and death is turned into new life. It's turned into new hope and a renewed future with God. But it doesn't undo what happened on Good Friday. It doesn't wipe it away. It doesn't deny that any of that happened or that there was a need for Jesus to die. Jesus needed to die. But the good news of Easter Sunday, of Jesus' resurrection, does not rubbish your difficult year, your disappointment or your anxiety, the fear that you have felt. It does not simply turn everything rosy and lovely. Christ's resurrection is more than that. It's not a rose-tinted spectacle. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that the end is certain, that the victory is won, that good triumphs. It is relief. It is hope. It is promise. No longer is there any question Christ has won the day. The despair and the pain and the difficulty we face now will not be forever. Eternity has been won by Christ. And in the meantime, as we face those difficulties, the despair and the pain of this world, Christ stands with us, whispering to us that this is not the end that there is more. Now, the eagle-eyed among you, and I realise we don't have the Bibles open, but the eagle-eyed among you will have spotted that Mark's ending is a bit of an unexpected one as well. Jesus' body is placed in a tomb, and when the two women come to embalm his body, they notice that the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty. An angel then informs them that Jesus isn't here. He's risen and he orders them to go and tell the disciples the good news. And that's how the gospel of Mark ends. We don't actually meet Jesus. But his disciples are caught in this conundrum, this confusion, this fear perhaps. 
And if you look in your Bible, perhaps when you get home, (laughs) you'll see that the Gospel of Mark has then another bit to its ending, which we had read uh, by our friends on the pre-record. It has another bit to the ending, where Jesus appears then and he speaks to his disciples. And there's a note telling us in our Bible uh, that this was not part of the original book, that this was uh, found as part of later manuscripts. And it's possible then that Mark's ending got lost. It's possible that Mark never finished writing. But it's also possible that Mark gives us this unexpected ending for a reason. He's intentional with his ending. He's trying to make a point. The entire story of Mark's gospel as we've been going through it through this term has focused on the amazing claim of Jesus, the Son of God. And it puzzles the disciples from beginning to end that this crucified and risen Jesus is really the Messiah, the Son of God. That God's love and his upside down kingdom, what Jesus has been teaching them all along, were actually revealed as Jesus, God himself, died on the cross for the sins of the world. And so the end of Mark's story forces each of us to grapple with this same question, this claim of Jesus. Who is he? Who is this Jesus? And Mark asks us, Will we run away like the disciples in fear? Or are we going to recognise Jesus as king and go and tell the good news?